Hello there, it's provincial championship time and it's a massive weekend ahead. Finals up for decision in Connacht and Munster and some big names who will surely provide more moments of brilliance. Still David Clifford, still David. Here comes the shot, here comes the goal. Brilliant. Cobra's in, goal. Damien Cobra in a tight game. That feels like a huge moment. We'll be looking ahead to both games. Galway's Dylan McHugh chats to us about his team's clash with Sligo. And we catch up with former Limerick manager Billy Lee, who knows Kerry and Clare inside out. Come to think of it, he knows Sligo pretty well also. Former Tipperary Hurling star Paddy Stapleton joins us too to chat all things hurling. That's all on the Championship. And it's with Paddy Stapleton that we start. You're very welcome to the show, Paddy. What's your read on the Hurling Championship so far this year? Well, Damo, I suppose I was only thinking about it this morning. Uh, I think now the Championship Hurling is nearly... A different game, the league hurling. I, I think uh, I've done lots of reviews of games during the league, and it felt like every team was holding back to an extent. I think when they're going through those training blocks, uh, it nearly becomes like a possession games out in the field. Whereas I think the first couple of weekends, bear a couple of damn squids, it's been it's been really blood and thunder. Um, you know, systems of play and and keeping the ball and ball to hand it went out the window even for the best teams like I suppose we only have to reference Clare and Limerick last week where we were so used to Limerick you know we were nearly downtrodden <laughs> looking at Limerick during the league thinking well, is there going to be a championship at all and to look at it last week to see how they were you know they were in desperation mode at times against Clare even against Waterford the week before I think that just really puts the championship up on a pedestal now uh, obviously Leinster doesn't seem to be as competitive in terms of um, you know 11 playing field with different teams but I liked that Kilkenny Galway game last week I know there was some commentary to say it was a little bit scrappy at times but I think it was a sign of the intensity um, I think both teams in that game will be happy enough with some of their play um, it's a real arm wrestle when Limerick, when Galway and, and Kilkenny play each other but I think we can only look forward to a brilliant summer Yeah Paddy just very briefly we're going to well, GA are going to have to re-incentivise next year's league aren't they they're going to have to do something like offer a home advantage for the winners or something because otherwise you know yourself yeah, I, I, I totally, totally will get what you're saying there. Uh, the league at this stage now, because you see we're going into another league, if you get me, you know, yeah. the round robin system is essentially another league. And the, 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 the Allianz League itself is becoming just a training ground, really. And I think that, you know, that can be brilliant in terms of mm. um, trying new players, uh, new systems, new managers are coming in, and that is fine. But to me, that should be more of a pre-season. Uh, type of situation and as you said an incentive there has to be some sort of incentive that you can set your championship up um, for the rest of the year if you do well in the league now I, I again I do like that we can train new players I know I, I got my first start in a league game I got a couple of my most important experiences in league games but at the end of the day it has to mean something more uh, than just than just a kind of a, yeah. you know, a petting ground like that so no they definitely will but what to do is the big thing. Mm. And again, you know, it's a separate competition. Aliens are sponsoring it. It's historically a brilliant competition. Mm. But you don't want it to lose its importance. No, agreed with all that. Uh, Paddy, what are teams doing, principally uh, Clare and Waterford, to try and make Limerick a little bit more vulnerable this year? Well, I suppose the first thing, and it sounds cliche, but, but the intensity level, I, I think maybe Limerick are, they are definitely 
uh, a more physical and faster team than than the rest that are out there in a natural sense if they train. So I think during the league, it was hard for other teams doing their training block to be up to the the physical uh, status that Limerick have. But the first two games, number one, they were able to match them. They were able to get in there and win the 50-50 balls. Um, I think uh, Walford and Ferris started off very nervous the first day. But once they got to grips with the puck-out strategy, once they were able to break the ball down and get numbers around uh, the, the breaking ball, then they were able to spread them out. I think one thing Walford did after the first 15 minutes is they drew Limerick in. They drew him into him on one side of the field. But before Limerick got hands on him or got more than one hand on him, they were able to spray and spread the ball to the other side of the field. I think that was very, very evident. And Limerick were chasing shadows for maybe the remaining three quarters of that game. Clear the last day, to be fair to Clear, uh, after the Munster final last year, they looked to spend force. The other day they were back to, that was exactly what we saw with Clare last year, which kind of led us to think that they were one of the only teams that could, could challenge Limerick. But the neighbourly thing there, those Limerick players and Clare players have grown up together. The Clare guys don't have that fear that other teams have. They play them at college's level, they play them underage. I'm sure challenge matches are the same. Yeah. And when you're a neighbouring uh, team, you, you usually don't hold the same fear. So, but And on top of that, they have physical players they have David Fitzgerald, who was a huge loss against Tipperary. They can go man-to-man with him. They have the speed to stay with him. So, look, they, they showed a lot of things that you need to play against Limerick. And, of course, now Limerick are in a little bit of trouble in terms of the best cornerback in Ireland looks to be out for the season. Uh, Keane Lynch is carrying an injury. Rod Higarty has been off the team, and now he's back on and mm. didn't make much of an impact. So, it's it's it's, it's after levelling up. It's, it's funny. Two games I could bring. I, I was there, you know, you'd nearly be... Right in the year off. Right the whole year off. Yeah. Jesus, it's a little to lose, but now... I think we can all we can all see it's, it's very much over. And um, Paddy, the, the game of hurling is slowly, slowly catching fire around the country in, in d- different areas. Like you see the the steps that the likes of Kildare are, are trying to make. Um, just uh, for example, Round Towers hurling Round Towers GA Club had their first ever adult hurling team playing last night. It's a testament to the passion that's out there for hurling. The window is very, very short at the top top level, and when you see traditional giants on the other hand, like Tipperary and Cork going at it this weekend. How important is it that, I suppose, as a hurling fraternity, we maximise the window for these games? And how do you see the Tip Cork game going then? Yeah, it's, we have to maximise these games, I think. And if we can, you know, there's a small worry at times that the likes of Wexford and Dublin are are going a little bit backwards or plateauing at the minute. So we need them as high as we can. I think great days we've seen over the last few years are, are Wexford winning Leinster and Dublin winning Leinster. Mm. So it's really important that we can push especially with that population in the likes of Kildare, that we keep it as high as we can because we don't have enough teams in the hurling at the top level. Uh, in terms of Tip and Cork, I, I think it's very, very well balanced and, and poised and for a couple of reasons. Number one, Tipperary, you know, from our own perspective as a Tipperary man, Ian Cal has come in and put a bit of a jump in, in, in the Tipperary lads. You know, they were at a very low ebb last year, confidence-wise, and they look very fit and extremely motivated. Like, I think you often see that with subs coming on. To me, Tipperary have likes of Johnny Ryan, the likes of Conor Ball coming on with a real pep in their step and not coming on sulking that they weren't playing. So I think that's one great thing from Tip's point of view. Cork could not have had a better start last yeah, week. To yeah. Again, they've been up and down the last few years, as you know. Um, so they've come in last week and what I suppose what people are saying they're lacking is a real toughness and a real fight. Um, and they looked to have that in spades last week. A lot of their younger play, players like Roach, I've seen him during the league a lot. And he was a mainstay for a reason. And we saw it last weekend. 
toughness, hardness, hard running. Um, now, the only the only little asterisk you'd put on is I thought Watford were just, you know, calamitous at times in terms of their yeah. um, their discipline, in terms of their striking, their ball to hand, decision making. So that's the only thing in Cork that they would be a little bit uh, afraid of. And Cork in the past have been known that if they've won big game, then they can fall down very quickly then the week after. So if I was, you know, if I'm a tip man, I'm targeting this match hard and I'm saying, right, Cork are up there now. Let's hope they have a few notions and let's go at them next week. And <laughs> we know we know the weather. We know the weather's not supposed to be fantastic for, for Saturday. If I'm, as again, as a Tipperary man, Tipperary hat on, I'd be saying that's a good thing for, for Tipperary. Cork have pace all over the field. Like we saw Darrell Fitzgibbon running, you could do. Robbie O'Flynn came on and looked fine the other day. And that that probably is Tipperary's Achilles' heel. Yeah. But Cork could really try and try and try and pull them all over the field. And uh, I see it as being a very very tight game, though, especially if it's wet. The games like Westmead, Galway, and Antrim, Kilkenny will probably look after themselves, unfortunately. Uh, Dublin, Wexford, though, a lot hinges on that. Yeah, Dublin, Wexford. I, I think if Wexford get back to their full complement, they should. Now they had a tough game against Antrim. They should have enough to beat Dublin. If it was in Parnell Park. I'd say a little bit different, but mm. Wexford had great days in the last few years there. So I would say Wexford might just pick Dublin, but that's, as you said, that's the big game now uh, uh, of Leinster Championship over the weekend. Paddy Stapleton, great to chat to you and we'll talk to you soon again. Cheers, Demo. Now, on to provincial finals and we meet Dylan McHugh. It's been a whirlwind for this guy, one of the most consistent footballers in Ireland. Galway continued their defence of the Connacht title with a final uh, against Sligo on Sunday. Now, Dylan has made a seamless transition from underage to senior and I heard from him earlier in the week. Probably a bit of continuation. Um, probably when you get to senior, though, uh, inter-county, it probably takes up a small bit more time than the rest. Um just getting your body ready, um, recovering when you can on evenings off, um, even looking at a bit of video to try and prove all the time. Um, you know, so small things like that take up a small bit more time. But um, yeah, just a continuation, I suppose. Um, it's the same thing. Yeah. You go training three nights a week and get your gym session in and all of that. Away from sport then, like, are you able to, with business and your, your work and all that, are you able to, have you got an okay balance? Is, is it okay for you to manage the workload that you have on and off the field. That's a big thing. Um, I suppose I'm blessed now in work. You know, the evenings there where I might have to tip off a bit earlier to get to training uh, to avoid traffic, stuff like that. They're great. And, um, no, it's fantastic. You'd need it. Um, you know, like a couple of lads there, you know, I know Owen Gallagher is a doctor. Um, Liam Sigler is a doctor. You know, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how they balance it all. But, um, yeah, no, work has been very good to me, yeah. You mentioned Owner then, and I saw him playing for his club just a few years ago, and then maybe, you know, he, he switched over to Galway. And, and how does somebody like him make it work, you know, with the with the demands that would be on his job in particular? Like, everybody's busy, don't get me wrong, but his career path, he seems very relaxed about it then when you say to him, like, you know? Yeah, that's probably one thing about him. He He's very, he's very relaxed, um, and, Lee, and Liam would be the same way. Um, mm. So maybe that's how they do it. But, um, yeah, I, do, I don't know how they balance it, um, particularly, like, you know, like, I know they work nights sometimes, so they're finishing up training at half nine, ten, and then they're heading into the hospital at 11 to go to work for 10 or 12-hour shifts. It's um, that's crazy, but um, they seem to manage it, which is good. Dylan, when you sit down for the Christmas dinner there, how did you look back on the year that was? So, like you said, you know, like, obviously there was progress made, um, but just falling short at the final hurdle that we would have would have loved to have got over. Um which was the target throughout the whole year um, was to get to that point and 
just didn't perform as well as we would have liked. But um, yeah, like you said, there's loads of progress and loads of experience that we can take and bring into this year and, and years to come. And like there was a, there was a lot of positives last year, um, just because we didn't get over the line. Um, didn't mean that it was a complete negative year. But um, yeah. no, like look back, like you know, when a kind of championship got promoted to Division One, look won two massive games up in Crow Park and just fell short of the final hurdle. So I know there's a lot of positives to take out of it. In 2023, you seem to be getting stronger nearly every week, Dylan. What would what would you have learned most from Porrick Joyce since he took over as manager? What way would your game have evolved maybe under Concanon and, and under Joyce and, and these guys? Porrick would be big on emphasising um, just going out and express ourselves as footballers every day we go out. And um, that's something that I'd always be trying to work on, um, you know, like as a halfback coming forward, you know, you can kind of play it safe sometimes. Um but um, that's something that Park could always be trying to drive into me is, um, you know, just express myself a bit more and, um, yeah, put my own stamp on the game, which um, that's something that I does. That's something that I would have taken from him in particular and just have more confidence in myself, I suppose. Kind of finally coming up, a Sligo team making strides all the time. You have a round robin draw then that was made. There's an awful lot happening, Dylan, and you have a lot to contend with. How do you look forward to this game and? very very quickly it's going to be an All-Ireland series and I suppose you've nearly had to, to watch your peaks all this season long with the league provincial championships and now around Robin regardless of what Sunday brings Firstly like you know Sunday's big day for us you know um, like Connors final at the start of the year we, we wanted to play in a Connors final so um, you know that, that was a priority so um, yeah look, we're looking forward to that of course um, mm. and then you know for the All-Ireland series I suppose like, like that'll be next week's focus on Monday or Tuesday we look look to see who we'll be playing in that and um, what steps have to be taken. But first, like, we'll be just hoping to to put in a big performance against Sligo and hopefully that'll be enough. Dylan, thanks very much for your time. It was nice to talk to you. Lovely. Thanks, Damien. That's Dylan McHugh there. Uh, he was speaking to me at the launch of AIB's ongoing commitment to the football club and Camogie Championships earlier this week. And Dylan's sounding a lot better than I was. Our final guest is the hugely respected Billy Lee. Billy managed Limerick so well over the past number of years before stepping aside last year. And Billy joins us now to talk football and give us an insight into lots of things, including the upcoming Munster final. First of all, I know you're back at club management in Kerry, but do do you miss Intercounty, Billy? Um, and I suppose maybe. Maybe the, the, the transition for, for Limerick football wasn't seamless after you left, but how do you read the last few months, both from a personal point of view and from a Limerick football point of view? I suppose in a personal point of view, you, you'd always miss uh, challenging yourself at, at that level of sport. And therein lies the challenge for anyone looking to get into it. It's to have the time to be able to forge yourself, um, you know, to take it on in, 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 at, at full tilt. Um, and that's where the challenge lies for me. I just didn't have the time Um where I work, you know, I was an hour from home. Whereas when I used to on the job at Limerick, I was just 10 minutes from the training ground. So it was significantly different. Um, having to go to bed early or losing time at night, getting up early in the morning, you know, it's just it's just not possible and you wouldn't do the job right. Um, obviously, look, we went on a, a great whole journey over a couple of years and I suppose the change of the guard, these things are never easy um, for anyone, you know. And um, unfortunately, it didn't go, you know, both from a race point of view and the players' point of view, just as well as they'd like to, um, and it can happen. Look, you know, um, they're a good bunch of lads, and look, Ray proved himself um, with, with above and Mayo, but not more. So look, it's unfortunate that it happened that way. But you know, 
these things happen as I say you know Yeah and I suppose Billy like uh, you would have seen every test that was possibly thrown at you in your stint and I guess it's maybe you could argue maybe Ray deserved more time but then maybe somebody in Ray's position would have been the first man to, to walk away if things weren't right universally is that the balance that you must find? I think so look you know yeah, Ray shows fierce commitment coming what nearly three hours to come down to, to, to take on management to Limerick you know that's a huge commitment for many individual you know mm. um, I've just had to tell you that you know me trying to get to training and I'm only an hour away um, was, was challenging so I can only imagine what it was like for Ray so you know no one could uh, dispute the commitment given um, what he was given to Limerick you know it's it's just a question of whatever was happening in there and the dynamic between everyone you know yeah. um, you know the players give me a lot of commitment to and um, we had a good rapport and still have a good rapport with a lot of those lads and um, you know it's, like it's, it's just unfortunate but um, you know everyone moves on and we quickly forget and drive on Yeah Mark Fitzgerald drives on now and he's a, a good coach as well Billy a general question for you from when you took over Limerick first to when you departed last year what were the biggest differences in the job as an inter-county manager now you've mentioned time what were the other variables that changed considerably Certainly time, um, you know, when in the early days we were trying to just, you know, stabilise things. A lot of the senior players from the early parts of the, the team, the team, you know, the 10 and 11 um, had moved on, the likes of John Galvin, Shani Buckley and Ryan. So it was probably just stabilised initially and get lads trying to enjoy it and, you know, feel the need to it. So, But then as we started to move forward some bit, it, it was more demanding. You were, to, you were trying to hold on to the grounds you gained. Um, so that took the time side of it. Then, of course, um, the second side of it is as you move forward, um, or progressed, the the size of the management team started to um, to change. And you know, we all look at managing players, but there's also the management of the um, of the of the man- management team and uh, making sure we had changes. You know, party 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 was there for a couple of years. Then we switched to Brian and then on to Morris, and we changed in yes and C's and just making sure the dynamic there is you know is good and, and um that just takes a bit of work we started mm-hmm. to bring in things like nutritionists and, and more um analysis in, in the early days party and brian and myself were doing a lot of it and then we bond so it's just managing all that dynamic and make sure it shows um and then obviously as, as you as you move forward you you get the, the squad gets more competitive so you've got a lot more lads to manage that you know are really pushing hard for positions and trying to be fair to them and, and keep them eager uh, and pressurizing so the man management would be definitely, you know, initially it was just trying to get bodies in and, you know, you're trying to just get beaters in. But then as it, as it starts to get really competitive, you've got to manage people. So um, so that was really, I suppose, the big changes. Size of management, uh, the more competitiveness of the squad and obviously the time it takes to do that. Yeah, it sounds like you're well qualified to manage Dell computers or Apple now, Billy, after a stint like that, managing so many people. <laughs> yeah, well, well not, not on my IT skills. That's definitely the wrong code. I've gone down anyway. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Now, go, talk about your football skills. Just before we get into the Munster final, Billy, which is the principal reason you're on the show tonight, can you talk to me about Sligo? Because you'd, you'd have a window into their setup as well, Billy. They would have been, you know, down down the divisions in, in recent years. But there's something of a resurgence going on there now. Back-to-back provincial titles under 20, minors going quite well. And Tony McEntee looks like he's onto a good thing with the seniors. Maybe kick-started by the Talchon Cup semi-finals last year. Now, obviously, work gone into before that. What has impressed you most about Sligo and could you see their development coming over the past couple of years? Yeah, I think, look, um, obviously, we mustn't forget the, the you know, the tragedy that became, um, that fell over Sligo last year, you know, and I'm sure that impacted yeah. the players and, 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 and everything that happened there. But I think Tony's done a, a super job there in the sense that 
I remember we beat them in, up there in Makovic Park to get promotion for Division 4 at the time. Um, but they've done a lot of work on the ground. They've got back-to-back on the 20s. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they might have a minor final mm. champion as well. Um, so they're, they're, they've put a lot of time into the underage and brought it through and they've stabilised that senior. And look, Tony's got such a wealth of experience as a player and, um, you know, if players aren't going to listen to people like him, you know, um, you're, you're at nothing really, you know, he, he's got such, I mean, what they did with Arma and did with Crosby again, you know, um, he knows it inside out, you know, um, and I think he's taken the time to build it. He didn't just rush in and try to wave a magic wand and he's put the foundations, whatever it is, he's done up there he's built it up over a year or two and now they're beginning to really get momentum it's a big weekend for him and it's, and it's great to see teams like that coming to the fore again you know it's got the All-Ireland semi-final tomorrow against Kerry and um, it's a big on the 20 level and you've, yeah big weekend for Sligo and we wish them well you know it's great to see them you know um, coming back a bit as well you know so and I, I kind of asked him Billy was it a year too early to be in the Sam Maguire and he kind of nearly uh, he just laughed at me and said you know you know, it's not this is exactly where they want to be and, and speaking Speaking of exactly where they want to be, I I would sense like for the likes of yourself, Colm Collins, David Power, you know, massive amount of respect for each other. But can you talk to me about Colm Collins? And I'm sick of saying it for the last six or seven years. He was the most underrated manager in the country. Maybe he's not anymore, but he's the longest serving football manager out there now. Um, obviously, Mickey Hart has a a great record behind him. But your knowledge of Colm, um, are you surprised to see them in the final? No, absolutely not. You know, Colm is, Colm is one of the greatest characters in the game. Cool, calm and collected. You know, I would be, I'd be good friends with Colm and anything we talk, you know, he just, there's no airs of graces, there's no ego, there's no highs, there's no lows. You know, he's he's very balanced and um, a great individual and great company. And um, no, it's no surprise. He keeps it simple. Um, he doesn't, he, he gives lads opportunities. Um, you know, if you go back to the, the, the the surgeons he took Clare on back in 2016 they got to an Ireland quarter final they got promotional division three I think at the time mm. if he's got one or two of that team left at this stage and he's managed to transition the team you know over the years and you know he's created a culture there within, within initially I suppose within the group that he had back when he first started and then within the county and, and look Carrying out one monster under twenty there, and they got the modern father of a fry from Clare um, in in in, in Trilly not too many weeks ago. So I just think the culture and the belief he's given the whole football organisation in Clare has, and and that's a real testament. You know, any any of us can go in and manage a bunch of players, you know, in a given moment for a couple of years, but to do what he's doing and the belief he's given to people in Clare about football and look, the Bravos um, a hard team to beat, but he's given them this ultimate belief and, and that anything is possible and I think you're seeing that and I think that's the biggest compliment you could give to Colm it's, it's, he's changed the I don't know how many teams he's had now over the years he's changed it around and um, they're still they're a bit unfortunate this year to get relegated from Division 2 very very unlucky in a number of games yeah sure um, but when I spoke to him look he, he just took it in his stride he says there's no problem get relegation Do you know we just go back at it again and now we get into the championship you know the, as I said there was no highs there's no lows he's, he's a great individual and, and a great manager and it's great to see him get you know this juncture for them to get to the Munster final I don't think they've been in the Munster final on the Collins watch and um, mm. look we wish them well Billy he's like yourself he's given good young coaches their, their, their cut as well and he's always changed it around uh, where can they get at Kerry this weekend so? 
I think I think it's a collective, you know, when you take on Kerry, you know, everyone's got to be at their peak. And, um, you know, we, we carry invariably, you know, David Clifford will get the attention. But as you saw the iconic photograph in the paper when there was two tip boys around him, you you focus on David and there's other fellas popping up all over the place, you know. Um, I think they had nine scorers and play, uh, eight, 11 scorers and play against tip, you know, nine, nine players and play, you know, and David didn't score from play. So, like... You you just it's got to be the collective. You can stop David Clifford, but the rest of them will pop up all over the place, you know. And um, you know they 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 have a valuable work done there. They took a, a break to the Algarve and did a lot a lot of work out there. So you know they're beginning to time their run now. So um, you know they'll always have to be. I think mean, in Munster, look, they're the one county that focus on football maybe more than the other five. And um, look, those records tell you all, and they take it very serious, and they're very proud of their achievements. So they're always difficult to beat. But look pair have done it in the past as we well know so they'll be going there to, to, to put their best foot forward Billy I have a last question for you will you put on your general hat again please just to conclude our show what is the Gaelic football is very intriguing this year I, I find it fascinating anyway trying to see teams unlock each other what's the biggest challenge for Gaelic football going forward um, that's an interesting question you know obviously we, we tend to, to, to tinker with the rules every now and then and you know I, I still you still see the thing about the mark being um being, being banded about I think it's you know I get the idea why you know the more scores you have in the game the more entertaining it's, it's considered to be maybe the mark is too easy you know certainly any ball up over your head and you're winning you know I think that was the intention initially to try and get it going like it is um, but that's probably last and there's so much to do I think ultimately I suppose the refereeing situation up down the country you know um Giving referees the respect, you know that 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 that, that we need them to. Because without them, we don't have the games. Um, okay. It's certainly the fitness levels um, are gone to unbelievable, and and the commitment required from players to attain that level of fitness now is 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 pretty much off the Richter scale. You know, will people still given of their time the way the, the way the the world is at the moment? You know, and, and the need to work and earn money and the, you know inflation going up. So. Will people continue to give it um, the time? So there's many, many challenges outside of the actual football field yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, okay. And on the field, look, I suppose ultimately in the last number of years, the blanket defence wasn't. I think what you find is teams are just walking back rather than getting back before the ball. Um, when it first started out, I think the blanket defence was players were back before the ball. Um, and I think, um, you know, you'd like to think that we can evolve the game in such a way that there's more attacking and make it more entertaining but look there's so much going into it now any squad of players and their manager and the management team don't want to go out and take a, a paste and so they're going to do whatever it is to kind of make it competitive and I think this is where the separation between the Telton Cup and the Sam Maguire will, will probably um, make it more balanced if you look at the Sam, the Lee McCarthy the top 10 or 11 teams in the country hold at that level that's why we get the, the great matches week in week out at provincial level in Probably didn't have that in the the four provincial football championships, but <clears throat> the advent of the round robin, I'll call it, for the Sam Maguire and the Talton Cup will, will start seeing a lot more evenly okay. balanced games. I think you know. Okay, plenty of food for thought uh, from Billy Leader, and thanks so much for being on our show tonight, Billy. No problem, Damien. Talk soon. That's great. That's the great Billy Leader. That's it for this week's show, folks. The program was produced by Damien O'Mara. Sheila Devil was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler. Stay safe, and we'll chat again next week. 